to the 50th episode of Two Geeks Talk Movies. And my final episode to date. This one is looking at whether the campus movies I can get my girl hands on. This side of our picture show. Straight up there with Baby Jane all about Eve. And we'll discuss that in a second. I am your host, John. And with me, as always, is my co-host, Joe. Hey. Hey there. So tonight we're looking at Death Becomes Her. Now, when did you first see this thing? Yesterday. You're joking, you've never seen this? Oh my god. Never seen it before in my life, before then. I've wow. seen it twice, I've seen it, actually I tell a lie, I've seen it three times since yesterday now. Oh I watched god. it twice today. Uh, I watched this when it first hit VHS back in, I want to say mid-93, and rented this, the fuck out of this thing, was rented about 25 times. I love this, this thing was just so vicious and so campy uh, i just love this thing i rented it almost every weekend you know yeah. through most of the 90s see for me that was one of those movies that i knew has existed and i knew roughly the premise of it and mm. at one point i owned it on dvd and then decided a couple of months ago actually i was clearing it been in some of my DVD collection that I hadn't watched and found it still in the cellophane and binned it because I thought, no, can oh I watch God. it? When did you buy the, the DVD? Oh, God, I must have bought the DVD about 10 years ago. Because apparently there's there's um, a print of DVDs that are so bad, it's, it's quote, unwatchable. Yeah. And thought... in plastic version is worth a lot of money. So it's like, ooh, okay then. So, hmm. You just shut yourself in the foot there. <laughs> I just bend. I just bend a bit of money. Oh well. Mm-hmm. So, are you a fan of comedy horrors? Yes. Yeah, I would say myself. I mean, this was sort of the mid to tail end of it because it was big in the 80s with uh, Beetlejuice and Ghostbusters mm. and as such. Uh, but I would say the mid 90s was the sort of dead end of comedy horrors until they started doing whole parodies of of Scream, obviously you've got scary movie yeah. and such, but yeah, like I said, I'm a, I love a good comedy horror. I mean, Little Shop of Horrors, uh, mm-hmm. Beetlejuice, as I says. I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but there's dozens of these ones. I mean, oh god, there's dozens of them doing the round, and like you say, some of them are even, you know, they're just genius to watch. Mm. Uh, so inspired, but then they started. Uh, what his name Johnny Depp was in one a couple of years ago. What was it, Dark Shadow? That tried mm. to, try to almost. It felt like it was trying to revamp this whole uh, comedy horror face mm. that fell flat in its face for me. Yes, yes. I watched that last month while we did the mm. podcast. Oh my god, I want my time back. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's fucking abysmal. Even Al Cooper can save it in that sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. God. When, when even, when even Alice pop up, you're like, yeah, I don't want to turn it off. Mm. Mm, yeah, it's just abysmal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, I think one of my favourite B movie comedy horrors is Killer Clowns from Outer Space or Killbots, aka Chopping Mall. Mm. They two are just hilarious and geniusly terrible, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but the nose are terrible on the runway, so yeah. I love a good B movie one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, comedy horror. I love a good comedy horror, but it has to be balanced correctly because some comedy horrors are just trying too hard and they feel fucking miserably yeah and some of them just feel like almost like a like a high school or college production mm. yeah yeah looking at you scary movie five i mean yeah exactly <laughs> right i mean i talked about this a lot when i was in college uh would you take the potion 
would I take the potion? Hold yes. on a minute, are you trying to imply I need a potion to make me look younger? <laughs> no, 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 it was a, a debate we had in, in, in college. <laughs> would would you See, take a potion? No, because I'm at Hidden Prone, are you joking? By the, yeah. by the way they look in the end of the movie, I'd look like that after a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would I mean, you? No, no, because Bristol's is right. Who are you going to hang around with? Just these two going? I mean, everybody who you love dies and mm. ages and dies in front of you. Yeah. And you're still stuck in this, I don't know, 50-year-old body or 40-year-old body or over time it takes you back to to look young forever. But ultimately, you live forever, but you're not indestructible. So if you break something, then you're fucked. Yeah, um, and, then, and then unless you happen to... You know, you know, unless you happen to be lucky enough to be Ernest Menville and this, who is a matter, a mortician and things like that, then, like you say, how the fuck are you going to, if you break your, your wrist, your, your, your hand off at the wrist, how are you going to reattach it? You yeah. can't walk about without it. People are going to notice, hold on a minute, you're missing something there. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if the, if you do take care of yourself, look at the assistant that's in the clinic with a dodgy eye. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're stuck with a, an annoying uh, little flaw on that for the rest of your life. It's like, oh, joy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, so, it's, hmm. not, it's not worth it. The, the, the longer, the, the short-term gain outweigh the long term, let's face it, hell you're going to have to go through. Mm-hmm. I mean, plus, could you imagine being stuck in a absolutely shithole society? I mean, yeah. if it's bad enough in the, in the early 2020s, what's going to be like in 2030, 2040, 2050? I mean, oh my God, could you imagine how, quote unquote, woke society would be and how controlling and dominating the whole society would be? So, I mean, it's like, oof, no. Yeah, and not even that. Every every couple of years, you're going to have to pack up and move house so mm. your neighbours don't discover. Hold on a minute, you you've lived there 15 years and don't look a day older. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's one of the lines that's dropped in the movie. Uh, Lisa says to uh, Madeline, "You have 10 years of perfect life, but then you have to commit suicide or something, or you have fake your yeah, own you death." Blah 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 blah. Fake your own death or fake your own disappearing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, why would you want to live forever? Because ultimately, it's yeah. a boring, shallow existence. If... Not just that, it just sounds so depressing. Could you imagine a world where everybody you ever loved or even cared about is no longer here? You you end up going to all of the funeral. You'd feel mm. like about like the man from um from the Green Mile and that care home. You just wish for the end. Mm. Only you know it would never come. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, no, all this whole fantasy, oh my God, we can live forever, we can be stuck in 30 forever. And it's like, no. no. Now, if the potion give you, say, 30 years back on your life, yeah. then yes, I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But no, this whole living forever, stuck in this body, I mean, fuck that. I mean, no, no. I was going to say there now. Yeah, so this was in the grand edition of, as I said earlier, what we're happy to be Jane. And various other ones were just like two rivals that can't stand each other. Mm. I mean, are you a fan of these movies like that? I am, actually. And it wasn't until I was watching this earlier today that I thought, actually, I I, I, as I find the last couple of years I'm beginning to be drawn more to movies where two of the main protagonists are just at each other's throats. I think mm. it's so funny. Yes, yes. I mean, my... Personal favourite, one of my personal favourite ones of this is War of the Roses. 
I love that movie. I just written this shit that mm. also. <laughs> I I have I have mm. it it's worth a watch. Yeah yeah I mean it's just it's just delicious it's just so acid soaked you know so I mean mm. it's just me me it's just me being a a bit of a misery gut sort of thing but I love yeah. a good <laughs> revenge sort of thing of the whole two things fighting against each other sort of scenario but that's just me. Yeah uh, there's nothing better than a than a movie it'd be around. Petty people. <laughs> yeah, cattiness and just pettiness. You just think, oh, get over yourself. But it's funny for us as the, wit- as the audience to witness. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And grumpy men and grumpier old men. Mm-hmm. You know, it. stuff like this is, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like I said, the older I get, the more I actually seek out these movies because this whole, oh, they're so happy and chirpy and shit is bollocks because you realise the older you get, the more life sucks because it's tailored for younger people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're now stuck in a body that's slowly but surely hating you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. daily. You know, it's like mm. every week your body tells you in some other weird and wonderful way that it despises you, and you're like, Fuck, very fucking much. Mm, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into the trivia for this one. Now, this first piece of trivia knocked me on the arse and bitch slapped me across the face. This was supposed to be a Tales of the Crypt spin-off movie. But yes, it was changed I... last minute. Hence why the music is in the fucking trailer. Now, <laughs> I watched this trailer, must have watched this trailer about a dozen times, and I never heard that fucking Tales from the Crypt music until yesterday. I was floored. I went, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> I knew yeah. this was a Tales from the Crypt spin-off movie. I, I hadn't re- heard that, but um, I did read it early, and I was like, really? Huh? I mean, it would kind of fit Tales from the Crypt presents mm. Death Becomes Her. But mm-hmm. I was floored. I swear to God, it took me about 10 minutes ago. That can't be fucking true. I then watched multiple different versions of the trailer to find out if it's true. And it is the Tales from the Crypt. And you're like, eh, is that all that been fucking there? Yeah. yeah I'm like, yeah, is this a Mandela effect? <laughs> <laughs> I was floored with that when I was fucking stunned. Anyway, so speaking of the OG trailer, mm. but have you ever seen the original trailer for this? I have, yes. It had the original ending where Bruce Willis fakes his own death and then moves to England to be with a bartender played by Tracy Ir- Owen. Owen, uh, yeah. And uh, he fakes his death because he wants to get away, with, away from Helen Mad. That's uh-huh. a good one for us. Uh, but it was changed due to testosterone's hating this happy ending, or rather this weird ending, so they changed mm. it to... He died aged, I don't know what, 87, 90, you know what the hell he died at. Yeah. Um, and Bruce Willis refused to show up for this thing, so that's why he's just a coffin shown and a picture shown. So, hmm. uh-huh. wow. so the, Bruce Willis was second choice after Kelvin, Kevin rather, Klein refused to do Dave instead. Yeah. So I, I heard he was, a, I read something, he was actually third choice because Jeff Bridges was up for us as well and oh, Point right. turned it down. Hmm. But do you know I've always found uh, funny about the trailer? If you notice, Tracy Ullman in the trailer, mm-hmm. and she—I'm sure there was at least one poster floating around with her in it. Yet they, when they cut, when they had to cut the ending out because the test audience hated it, they cut all her part as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. That's one of the my little trivia pieces here. <laughs> also, which version of the poster did you see? I mean, there's an iconic one with Bruce Willis holding the candelabra through Goldie Hawn's stomach. That one. Uh, there's another one with the bottle is wedged in between somebody's boobs as lightning flashes. And there's one of just 
the bottle could hit the lightning. So, hmm. I saw I, the one with Brooke with his hand in the candelabra mm-hmm. um, through Goldie Hawn's stomach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the one I've never actually saw mm-hmm. the other two until yesterday. So I'm guessing the one with the, the bottle in between somebody's breasts are the DVD covers or the Blu-ray covers and the 4K yeah. covers, you know, so... Mm. They must be, they must be. I'm not sure. They don't bring to mind, so even if I did no. see them years ago, they can't be that memorable because that's the one that... The one with the three main characters is the one mm-hmm. that's, always, that's always been stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Meryl Streep disliked this movie as she thought her acting was second place behind the CGI effects. In fact, she almost signed up to do this movie because she thought she was going to get Helen role, not the Madeline role, and she was kind of pissy on the set. So, yeah, mm. yeah, I, I heard that that once she she was told she was she got the part, she just assumed she was getting Helen because she Helen meant to be the um as I read online somewhere karma of the two, and then mm. you watch it and you think, no, she fucking not. Ten mm. minutes. 15 minute in and she plotting Ma- Madeline's death, but okay, carry on. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so she, yeah, she wasn't very pleased to find out she'd be playing Madeline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she had to learn how to sing and dance and walk backwards, <laughs> so yay. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Goldie Hawn, she was hurt on set by Meryl Streep by mistake, allegedly, after mm. she hit her in the face with a shovel and it cut her face and left a scar. Yeah, she's still so, got the scar to this day. Yeah, I read that. Mm, mm. Mm. So I mean, all, it kind of makes you think, do you think in a way, uh, uh, well, shall we say, and a lot less catty and a lot less vicious, do we think in a way Meryl Streep and uh, go to home with a bit like Joan Crawford and Bette Midler? I was about to ask that. <laughs> Could you imagine this, like, 30 years earlier, this would have been the perfect role for fucking uh, Bette and Joan, you know? So, <laughs> I'm, I've got a funny feeling some of those broken necks might have been for real though. Mm. But yeah, 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 yeah. Christ Almighty! I was like, mm. Mm, this just screams fucking Bet and John to me. So, <laughs> so I know. Yeah, sorry, on you go. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, it definitely feels like they were definitely channeling those two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially the the shovel fight with the you call me cheap sort of line. There. <laughs> um. You can spread your legs higher and wider than anybody else. Hmm. Anyway, um, so in order to get Meryl Streep's boobs to rise up after she, she takes the potion, a dresser mm. had to be behind her pulling up straps to get one boob and another boob up because apparently they had designed this wonderful contraption thing with it was mechanical, but she refused to do that. So some woman just to bind and yanked up a ribbon and up, up went the breast. Yeah, it was her, her own personal dresser, so they had to... Mm-hmm. Manhand- manhandler from like yeah. directly behind and stay directly out the way of the camera at the same time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which yeah. made watching that scene again a little you know weird strange yeah. Mm. yeah yeah and this takes place between 1978 and 2029 yeah i'm like okay then yikes so, mm. 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 i also read that isabella i'm gonna butcher her surname is it rosalini <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm glad you you jumped in before I butchered that. Um, I'm glad. I read that she used body doubles for most of her semi, all of her semi nude scene, yes. and the body double was no uh, none other than Catherine Bell, who is in NCIS, yeah, okay. Los Angeles. Mm. Okay, okay. 
I don't know that one. I mean, I know she used, I think it was like four body doubles at one point. Yeah. 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 Um, in the original script, Lisa was supposed to be Edgus, with it claiming to be she was Cleopatra. Hence why mm. the Egyptian style box and the potion has, is it Horace's symbols on it or something like that? I read it. Was, yeah. And the Doberman have a feel about them that almost mm. makes you think of Anubis. Yes. Yeah. 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 Except in this one, she's a hundred years old, not ageless. So hmm. she was meant to be a hundred, and then they changed it to she's just seventy-one. Because hmm. she asks uh, Madeline, "How old do you think I am?" And she's like, "I don't know, thirty-eight, thirty-nine, yeah. And she's like, "No, I'm seventy-one." And you're like, "Geez." Hmm. And ironically, um, Isabella Rosalini was actually thirty-seven when that was filmed. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, where was I now? Da, da, da. Oh, yeah, this one can be floored. Okay. The potion was supposed to be souls of the youth stolen to place in the potion. And apparently, if you watch closely when Meryl Streep drinks the potion, you can see a, a body, or a soul rather, of a woman going down her throat as she takes over that body. So wow. I'm like, okay, then, that's a dark twist. I just thought yeah. it was like um, spring water and a bit of magic. No stealing virgin souls. To- <laughs> I mean... Good lord, it kind of makes you really look at that scene in a different light, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I was kind of stunned with that one. That's a bit dark, isn't it? Yes, yes, utterly shocking. So in the original trailer, it shows where Bruce Willis hides Meryl Streep's body when he gets her from the morgue in the mm-hmm. freezer. And this <laughs> cut, for some reason, I don't know why it was cut. Because um, there's a whole bit where uh, Bruce Willis is dragging Meryl Streep up the, up the staircase and he going. I don't get sweat, dear. I think you're defrosting. So, hmm, that was cut for reasons. Ah. And the food, the quote, fat Helen eating is cake frosting. Now, I've watched this movie for 30 years, and I didn't know it was cake frosting until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was some sort of yogurt or some sort of uh, creme fraiche or something like that, not cake frosting. Ah. I knew it wouldn't be, be yoga, um, but I was looking at it going, I wonder what that is, but now we all know, cake frosting. Mm. Um, did you spot the Easter egg to uh, back to, to the first Back to the Future film in yes. this movie? Yes, the yeah, date. She, she took the potion on the same night. I'm like, I'll get back to that later, actually. So, mm. hmm. no, it was. I know. Da, 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 da. Oh, yes. <clears throat> God damn, you throw it. Meryl Streep had to learn to walk backwards, sing and dance. Wow. Yay. Mm. Uh, this won an Oscar for Best Effects, beating Batman Returns and Alien 3. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah. And a final piece of information here, Tracy Allman's scenes were cut from the movie and this pissed her off. She's supposed to be a barmaid that Willis met the night after he falls from the ceiling or, or mm-hmm. rather through the, through the pool. He then runs off to England to, to marry her, but her scenes were cut and the ending was reshot. And this pissed her off severely, so <laughs> yay. Yay. I mean, I like how they still gave the character a semi-happy um, ending. I mm. mean, he did kind of get free from them. He just, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the ending's kind of just drops there. It just goes from 92 to 2029, and there's nothing... Else, it's like, so what happened in these 30 odd years? I mean, yeah, it just that gap, it just if you go and hold on a minute, did they try to look for him? Mm. How did it, how did that work? Did they fake his death? Did, did he just disappear? And mm. that was it, 
did Helen Mads manage to get back into Eliza's good side after being banned because mm. they let him get away sort of thing? So yeah. what happened? I mean, it's like, uh, mm. somebody, let's just go on with this thing. Yeah. So starring Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, uh, I've got Meryl Streep doing here twice, uh, Bruce Willis and Isabella, uh, uh, Isabella Rosalini, it's a fucking hard word to say. <laughs> Directed by Robert Zemeckis, the budget was $55 million, and this thing tanked, pulling in $150 million. Wow. So, I mean, it's still pretty not bad for a movie that David... Oh, God, what's the Green Knight writer's name, that weird surname, um, said that when him and his writing partner wrote that, um, they had nothing but credit card debt between them, so <laughs> it still wasn't a bad, uh, a bad intake then, mm. was it? Yeah, yeah, true, true. I mean, this thing tanked at the time, but has now become a gay icon slash cult mm. movie, so take that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the plot, two rival women fight over a successful plastic surgeon, except they don't need him. They're forever young after taking a potion that gives them eternal life. However, they soon find out they need him to repair their bodies after they have a huge hissy fit fight where one gets blown in half almost with a shotgun and one snaps her neck. So, can they trick him into drinking the potion and save their life and be their slaves forever? Mm, find out here. Mm. Or, be careful what you mate, just get it. Because <laughs> yeah. apparently the original thing was, the original tagline thing was sex, greed, power, and corruption. Wow. So, hmm. And I guess That's it was a bit tailored, of a mouthful. Yes, I guess it was tailored back to be more, quote, unquote, family friendly, you know? Mm. Yeah, I know, if that's the kind of movie you'd sit and watch with kids, I know I wouldn't. I'm not the most maternal, but even I wouldn't endure a child through the after us. I'm seeing that make you think, you know, mm. well, under the age of 10, they might go, hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know when this first came out, it was a PG, and then when it came out on DVD, it bumped to a 15, and then it's on Netflix as a 15. So I would say if you're older than, I don't know, 12, then fair enough just watch it I mean whether or not the effects hold up or not is a different kettle of fish but if you realise this is a tongue in cheek comedy horror about two malicious vicious women that are all about vanity and, and power and success and greed and such and the chase for eternal youth i.e. Hollywood mm. <laughs> you know um, yeah, yeah 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 so this thing opens up in 1978 with a Madeline Ashton, played by Meryl Streep, doing a disco version of Songbird. And my God, the songs. <laughs> People hate this and the walkout on mass. I love the fact that you just walk out on mass. Where did they find out from? A retirement home? Because she was, <laughs> she was supposed to be a big shot in the 60s. You know? Wow. So it's now 20 years later and she's doing fucking singing dancing stage <laughs> wow oh my god i mean it did it, it did look like she was on broadway but still here mm, mm. the only person that is loving this is dr ernest menville put by bruce willis he is mm. loving it he's standing up giving a full round of applause as half the auditorium just walks out, just, <laughs> that, just walking get in the court it's like that man's watching something else mm. actually i must say though metal Street singing in this isn't actually half bad i'm always surprised when i hear her mm. singing, not because I think she can't sing, it's just that 
it's a rarity to hear it. So you go, oh, hold on, I forget she can actually hold I a tune. I mean, have you heard Mamma Mia? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, have you seen the two of the movies? No, she can't no, sing for no, shit. No, Oof, I, refuse to watch, I refuse <laughs> to watch the um, second one. You're, you're going to shout at me for that. But I think as she gets older, her voice gets lesser. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. I give it that one. Yeah, that's, that's, that's <laughs> true. That's very true. Plus... <laughs> Can you hear the drums, Fernando? Oh, fuck off, moving on. Anyway, yeah. uh, with him is his girlfriend, Helen Sharp, played by Goldie Hawn. She is Mads at Grandcore, long-time rival since kindergarten. Mm-hmm. So it's like, wow, they've been frenemies for decades now. Yeah, forever. Jeez. Oh, my God. I've got to see here, the singing in this is God fuck. And these songs are terrible. I mean, it's like, what is it? You're an inspiration to a generation. <laughs> it's like, you're a... What the hell was the, the words for that song? I was like, oh my God. Oh, I haven't. I can't even remember. But yeah, you're just like, okay, then we will just hold it in a second, you know? The disco dancing was camp. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Jesus, Jenkins. I mean, that's definitely the word for it. It's definitely, yeah. yeah. I mean, the second she, she ripped off the the rip off Terabi skirt I was like oh my god as they're doing the stuff and the fucking sprinkle and the the bus driver stuff I'm like oof my lord Um, (laughs) so it seems Mads was a big star as I said earlier in the 60s and this was her failed comeback ah okay so okay I've got to hear I think baby Jean Mm, definitely she actually went back on stage now. <laughs> yeah, So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Hell goes backstage to introduce Urn, as I'm going to call him, to Mad. And I love this nod to All About Eve. Mm. With, she's in the dressing room with the flowers around her and the notes all over the door and over the wall. She's sitting there going, ah, Hell! Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. Hell! Oh! Matt and all that stuff, I'm going, that is a nod to All About Eve and it's a uh, bit specific uh, nod. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, have you seen it about Eve? I've seen it one. Mm, that's another one of my f- personal favourite bit of Davis roles. I've seen it about ten times, and it's mm. just genius. The whole fascist seatbelt is going to be a bumpy ride sort of stuff. I mean, uh-huh. she's such yep. a raging bitch in that. Uh, I must track it out again. It's, mm. it's definitely a, a great watch. Mm. And Marlon and Rose's first movie. So. Ah, so it is. Mm. Mm. Um... So, Helen warns Ernest, or Ern, that Mad will do anything to steal her from her, but he has none of it because he's a one-man woman sort of stuff. Cut to the uh, wedding. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I, that had me on the floor and stitchy. I have no interest in Ma- Madeline Aston. Very next scene he married her. You're like, mm. oh, come on, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with Helen oh. twisting a handkerchief in her hand as it cuts her palm open and blood just pours out. I'm like, how the fuck do you twist a hanky that much that cuts your palm open? Mm, I know. So flash forward seven years later, 1985. Helen is now a fat cat lady eating fistfuls of cake frosting from the can while watching Madeline's death scenes. In her movies, that is over and over. I love that scene, by the way. <laughs> I it's love it. Like, oh. I love how she's literally been evicted, and it's still the last <laughs> thing she wants imprinted on her and um and her head. It's just hilarious. 
Yeah, mm. I, I just yes, I'm going. This is so bitter. She got about forty cats. I mean, I loved it at the very start. I mean, she's got one cat, and he's going, no, 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 she has nothing to me. It was a business and an honest year, and it cuts to like she's got about forty yeah. cats. Like, she's oh, literally turned into the creepy cat lady, hasn't she? Mm. Mm. I did say it though, it took me a minute to that to realise that was Goldie Horn, um, shall we say, in a polite way, a slightly larger woman. I was like, wow, okay then. Yeah, apparently that's a, a £250 fat suit. That wow. Made her, well, no, I was weighing that much, but that's what she was like, she was £250 uh-huh. in weight. So apparently they were kind of nervous about how much she would make her face change because she was far. Mm. Apparently that left her spe- sparkling eyes. Is the only indication that's actually Goldie Hawn. No. Ah, right, okay. So, mm, mm. Oh, by the way, mm. the movie that she reminds back time and time again is actually a Harry Palmer movie. That's a real Michael Caine movie with Meryl Streep's destiny added in. So. Wow, okay. They have that one. And I just, I just love the fact how Helen takes great delight, or hell, <laughs> watching her death scene over <laughs> and over and over and over again. I mean, as she kicks the cat out of the road, I love that she boots the cat out of the road. <laughs> That's so mean. And then she's cut out by the police, hanging on with her fingertips as she pulled out of it on and off. The police can't even pull her. She's that fat. She's got much strength. She can't, they can't get out of the door. I love that one. It's like, oh, God. Uh, so she think she's not even bothered about staying in that house. She just wants that TV so she can continue watching that scene. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. I love that one. It's just off to not house, which is the same not house that's in uh, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest, apparently. Mm. Ah, well. And also spot Deborah Jo Rupp as one of the patients sitting next to uh, Helen after she talks about how Madeline, uh, she can't stand Madeline for the hundredth time. So the one next to her is actually Deborah Jo Rupp. Okay. Who's is famous for being Red's wife in That 70s Show. Or ah. she was uh, Phoebe's brother's wife in Friends. Ah, okay, I get you. So, I don't know yeah. who you are. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so there we have that one. She's an extra in this sort of thing. Um, I'm loving the fact that even the doctors kind of get into her head that give it up with Madeline, she's a fucking bitch, how about you just mm. drop all this anger and pain and bitterness and go on for your life, and then boom, she goes knock it in, and she's cured, I'm like that's not how that one works yeah. <laughs> just snap, literally she snaps out of it, you're like, and then it comes up another seven years later and you just mm. like, oh for fuck's sake is it going to do this every five minutes yeah, yeah. I love the fact how she, the doctor goes, it's been six months and you still haven't even half lost one pound in weight. Give up already. For She's a bitch and she goes, for you to get a life, for us to get a life, to, for me to get a life, you have to move on and let go of all your anger. And she mm. goes, what now? What, what, what? And she just goes, click. And I'm going, yeah. she just discharged immediately then because at first, as you said, fast forward, she's two, five years later, 1982, um, to Madeline's Beverly Hills mansion. And Ernest is now a drunk doing a reconstructive surgery on dead celebrity. I love it. He's a dead celebrity surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, and Madeline is now a bitter manager with a youth obsession. Yet she's still stinking rich. She hasn't worked in, what, 10 years, 30 years? Where's yeah. she got money from, by the way? 
I mean, royalty plus her husband is a famous mortician. Yeah, but he's now, I don't know, I mean, he's now a, a joke in a, in a mortician. I mean, the surgeon. He went from a, a, a plastic surgery, a plastic surgeon, to a joke mortician. That has mm-hmm. to hurt. I mean, you know, he's on a booze. Mean, yeah, it's definitely a step down. Unless it's a career change he wanted, and then, you know, more power to him, but yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love that the um, the assistant Rose, played Nancy Fish, was the theatre manager in the theatre, and now she's Madeline's maid. Maid, yeah. <laughs> and five, or it's just seven years or something like that. It's like, fucking hell. Mm. It just goes to show you how much of a bitch Madeline actually is. Yeah, I love how Madeline makes her say every day, you're getting younger every day. Mm. You look like you're, I was like, for fuck's sake, very much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a complete joke. Mm. And all the fact how Helen makes a book and send, sends Madeline an invite to the party. <laughs> uh, I, I just love that one. What was it to say? Uh, I was going to find my agent because they said you shopped an, uh, an opening of an envelope. I was like, ooh, I've used that one a few times. Mm. Um, so upstairs... Rose goes to give Ernest his Bloody Mary, or breakfast, as you do. Why not? Uh, and here we see how much of a wreck he's became with the shakes, as he has bad high hand-eye coordination. Has he got even mm. a dartboard of a, a scalpel? <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, how, how much have you fallen from this rich plastic surgeon in the 70s to this wreck of a man who's knocking back booze as no tomorrow? It's like, wow. Wow, what, what a transformation, eh? Hmm. I mean, how much life did she suck out of you? How much money did she suck out of you? I mean, it's mm. like, bloody hell. I mean, the fact that he referred to his wife as it tells us exactly how much life she sucked out of him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of, I love the fact how she's got this, this weird chin strap mm. around her neck because apparently that was a thing in the 80s and 90s to wear this thing to keep your chin from having a double chin. Sort of thing, was that the, the, the electric, it had little tiny electrodes on it? The the Warha version of it? Uh, yeah, uh, there was a version. Years ago yeah, as yeah. well. But this is the, I'm guessing it's the Boxer's version, not the electric yeah, version. Yeah, the, the 90s version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. And the little triangle bits were actually magnet strips on a T-zone in order to keep the frame wrinkles from actually connecting or something like that. It's like, okay then. She also wearing white anti-aging gloves where you put lotion in the glove and wore it all, all night and it's supposed to sink into your skin, stop your hands from aging. I love all that stuff. It's like, wow, how narcissistic are you, love? I mean... I mean, it just shows what um, some women go through to look young and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Whereas yeah. the rest of us are just gifted, I suppose, eh? Yeah, well, mm, everyone's <laughs> Thank you very much. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, well. Mm. I, I, I'm sorry, but I would not be asking for all that shite with the whole putting white gloves on all night with the, the lotion inside it to keep your hands from ageing and wearing the chin strap and wearing the, the neck pillow thing and the whole... What was it? The... What was it? The... the they've done it in the clinic the, they were taking blood out and replacing it with plasma and replacing it with like formaldehyde <laughs> what the fuck yeah so hmm. Hmm. yeah I couldn't be after all that push I'd rather oh, grow old and wrinkly yes I'd rather grow old uh, gracefully hmm. mm, definitely so, yeah Ernest is taken away to deal with the face of a dead celebrity as he died 
in an orgasm in a, in a hot tub. I love that one. <laughs> uh, and here we get to see he is a former plastic surgeon. And he's now doing a matician stuff for dead celebrities on the sly, basically. So basically, mm. if something like this happens, they call him up and he fixes the bodies. And I'm like, okay then. Mm. So while he's at work, she goes to her favourite plastic surgeon who refuses to give her any more work because it's been six weeks Mrs. whatever her name was and he goes no no no, no. Uh, it's been six months no 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 it's been six weeks you're sitting with your tits like rocks talk to me like that you bitch that's <laughs> nothing you know so yeah yeah and her boss Chagel walks in and he's played by Ian Ogilvy she has to be this girl when Mad drops quote money is no object he then hands her a business card, telling her to go to see this woman on the card. Mm. She will work wonders for your image, sort of thing. And I've got down here, I love the guy sitting in the room getting his blood replaced by younger blood and formaldehyde and plasma. I'm <laughs> like, wow. Wow. And apparently, apparently this was real treatment, not formaldehyde, but they would take your blood out, replace the plasma and give you fresh teenage blood. <laughs> That's I mean, what, what is that meant to do to your actual skin? It's supposed to regenerate your life uh, by giving you fresh, younger blood. Because apparently old blood is deoxygenized, but fresh, young blood is bollocks, basically. I mean, there's the other one where you get stabbed in the face multiple times with a little, teeny little pin, and it's mm. supposed to give you, what's it, a blood... I can't it's called now. And Kim Kardashian does it all the time. And it's supposed to help regenerate skin cells on the face I take, it as, I take it it's absolutely rubbish then judging by the look of her mm, mm. yeah yeah I mean there's other ones where what is it weasel shit is put on your face and it's supposed to <laughs> somehow make you younger it's like ooh, okay then I mean moving no, on I say bring on the baggy the, the puffy eyes the baggy eyelids and the, the wrinkles I'm ready for it I haven't go through all that yeah, fuck that shit. I mean, mm. we- weasel shit and fucking and um, what's it again the bloodletting stuff and all that malarkey. It's like, oh, fuck yeah. that. And leeches not as malarkey, and it's like oh fuck that. And maggots not. So it's like oh no. Yeah. Mm. Sadly, that those techniques have been around since the dawn of time because yes. maggots eat dead skin. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, it heals the plastic surgery faster. You put maggots in, so mm. and it leaves no scars. So, yeah. trick of Hollywood trade for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that night, Madeline goes to Helen's book launch party, where the fuck it is, and she is stunned to see her so thin, young, and beautiful. I mean, I love that she's about to turn heel and, and walk away. She goes, "Hell, man!" and the big cheesy, sloppy kiss. It's like, <laughs> oh god. She puts on the false friend, the frenemy stuff, the whole mm. how is it that stuff? Oh, I don't blame you, I blame him. He was weak. You were not I never blamed you at all. And she gives her the vile like, kiss of death sort of thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. God, I, mm. I mean, and she's supposed to be the same one, really. <laughs> mm. Wow. God almighty. And I love what Ern freaks out his former client by telling her he usually spray paint on a dead skin because his skin's dead and it won't take 
uh, pigmentation. See the new spray paint. Uh, I love the look on her face, but I, I just love that one. I, I actually cried with laughter. I was like, talk about oversharing. Can you imagine? Oh, I wonder how the spray paint. Mm. Nothing else sticks. <laughs> like, care for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she is Mary Elizabeth Trainer, who was a friend of the director. He's in all of, well, she's in all of his movies. So I love that one. Mm. I love the line. She goes to the opening of an envelope. I love, I've used that dozens of times, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, God. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to fire her, but, but I decided not to because she says you've got the uh, opening of an envelope, but yeah, I just looked at her funny. <laughs> I was like, you're a bitch. <laughs> I mean, I love the whole strainedness of that human such a word, of that mm-hmm. whole scene between them that it, it's dark and it's funny and it's just wonderful. So it, it makes me wonder how many of these Hollywood lovies actually like this. They're, they can't stand each other, but they've got to be nice and polite to each other. Mm. Friendly air of crap, and that's like they can't stand each other. Like, yeah, how, how much of yeah. this is actually true? I mean, yeah, yeah, how much of that is, you know, the very, very little acting involved, not between those two, but I mean, just in general, where you think, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. We're best friends, really? Mm. Mm. I'm crying out loud. I mean, look at, I mean, at least uh, Bette Davis and Joe Crawford actually admitted they couldn't stand each other. They hated each other. Yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, at least they had, they had the ball, what, 30 years beforehand to stand on stage and go, can't stand her. Yeah, she's a fucking raging bitch, you know, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, she's a fucking loony and she's this and she did that. They, they went for it with, the, you know, this paint, the the movie almost shine her mirror onto the fact that the fakeness that you know this means that are women which women are probably more prone to doing it than men but that mm. you know people do go through in life and they see someone they don't like they, they kind of gr- gritty teeth holding back you know snarling smile and being polite and then walking away going fucking hell can't stand her she looks awful whatever mm-hmm. yeah yeah I yeah. think the only person that does this still to this day is Madonna you know mm, Madonna yeah. and arguably Elton John yeah they two hold grudges like no tomorrow I mean so <laughs> I mean I'm trying to think of any of these starlets that actually can't stand each other actually hold grudges um I'm getting the other thing that popped in my head was Rihanna apparently she's a bit of a bitch you know so mm. Mm. um and in the 80s 90s of course the big grudge was Stallone versus Schwarzenegger yep as they tricked you on to do shitty movies, so <laughs> that must have mm, been fun. That must but, have been. Yeah, I mean, wasn't there a famous story that Joe Crawford went to the Oscars to pick up at the Oscar that Bette Davis lost to an yeah, actress? Yeah, she picked up, oh, we covered that in the um, the podcast, someone go back and tell us the name. Um, and something on it was? It was and something or another. But yeah, but Crone, uh, John Crawford literally went to Anne Bedford with it. Did I make that name up? I think you have, yes. Yeah, but, have yeah, I made uh, it up? Mm. Um, no, Bancroft, Anne Bancroft, yes, that's Bancroft, what it yeah, is. Yeah. Um, but, um, but John Crawford went to her and almost petitioned her not to be at the Oscar so she could accept it almost mm. as a, a fuck you to Betty <laughs> Davis because... John Crawford wasn't even nominated for anything, where uh-huh. it, so she was a bit, she was a bit miffed at that, mm-hmm. where yeah. uh, you know finding out Bette Davis wasn't going to win, 
when she was nominated and she wasn't, she thought, well, I'm going to be on the stage anyway because I'm collecting it and people are going to see me from mm. the movie, not you, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, like I say, is maybe this is what we need today. None of this PR lovey-dovey crap. We want to see pettiness and viciousness and bile and hate and such. I mean, fuck all this PR, PR crap. Just fucking PR spin shit. Just tell that this person can't stand this person because this person can't stand this person sort of stuff. I mean, yeah. the whole happy, glossy, smiley Hollywood. Everybody knows Hollywood is a cesspool. So show the reward. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's so toxic why not just show it why mm. not just people stand there and go don't sit me next to her i can't stand her mm-hmm. yeah you know yeah yeah mm. exactly exactly i mean like i say is this whole happy-go-lucky pr spin and everything today has to be done perfectly because if not we're going to be cancelled fucking yeah. do it then i mean ah oh, ridiculous it was yeah. quite this movie absolutely so, at the party mad drops that hell is 50 and she is too because they've been they've been kindergarten school friends. Mm-hmm. All the fact the reaction, oh my god, she's fifty. What's her secret? <gasps> I'm going, you're a complete bitch. You should go. <laughs> Everybody in that party, she's fifty. Yep. I, I mean, mean, what? That that's like the petty thing to come and do. Oh my god, you know what I mean, yeah, she's fifty. You know, it's like wow. Mm-hmm. They were almost expecting her to be like she what? Mm-hmm. Whereas they're just like she she looks great and. You can tell that Ma- Ma- Madeline had a bit like, oh, well, thank very much at that fired. Now they admire her even more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think at the time, Meryl Streep was 43, Goldie Hawn was 47, and Bruce Willis was 37, I think. Good Lord. So, yay. And they look really rough. I'm sure if you watch this in 4K, they look old i mean i guess it's true to say people are aging faster in the 90s than they are today i mean mm. is it something in the water something in the air <laughs> why are we slowing yeah. down age wise mm. anyway um i love the fact how helen grabs uh, Ernest and takes him away she she tells him i don't believe you it was all her she's the one that that, that uh stole you away from me she's the one that made you from a rich successful handsome respected a uh, surgeon to this joke of a fucking man everybody thinks is a complete laughing stock. And I'm going, you're a cold, you're the fucking supposed to be the, the intelligent, the softer one in this, and you're a complete bitch. <laughs> so, <sighs> so after the party, Mads runs off to be with her boy toy, but he's too busy with the <clears throat> friend. So mm. she drives off in the pouring rain. I love the fact that she starts raining right on top of her. Yeah, when, get that pouring down. Yeah, when he goes, you know, last week somebody told us we were ridiculous together because he is 25 in this. So Good Lord. 20 years her junior, you know. Mm. So, mm. so anyway, so she slams on the brakes, no doubt causing a multi-car pileup in fucking Los Angeles traffic. Yeah. Um, after she sees how bad she looks in the mirror with running makeup as she digs out the business card and checks out Lisa Von Rumen. Who I thought it was called Lisa Von Woman for years until it was actually a woman. So, hmm. mm. played by Isabella Rosalini, who was completely naked, wearing that vest of pins, as all she wore was a sarong and the knife. That's all she was wearing. <laughs> so, wow, nothing like being comfortable, eh? 
Mm, that must have been fun to shoot Barbie with all these little pins digging into your boobs and such mm. and digging into nipples and that malarkey. Fuck that. Good lord, no. I've got it in here. She's a very brave woman wearing that sarong with the, the, the a thong, a sarong and that uh, metal sort of, what is that, a vest? I mean, mm. I have no idea. I thought it was just a, a really elaborate necklace. Mm. I, I guess it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a necklace, but yeah, apparently she was topless in that, and that must be fun to shoot. So, hmm. so she tells Mad all about the potion that will reverse aging, make her live forever, but mm-hmm. at a price. Her price being X dollars. I'm going how much? Because I know in the behind the scenes it's dropped that. Middleship said it was a million dollars. I'm thinking... Good lord. That's a bit cheap, is it, though? I mean... Mm, I mean, yes, a million dollars is a lot of money to us, but she's supposed to be this rich, powerful actress, then a million dollars is a drop in the ocean sort of thing. But, yeah. Mm. I mean, but think about it. If you had a potion that could uh, give the, the person that comes through and sit, um, I knew had endless access to this by what we see in the movie, mm-hmm. Um would you only charge just a million dollars? Would she have about £750,000? Mm. Yeah, although the, she does say that each person has a different number and mm. it's based on what you are actually worth, which makes you think that Mad isn't as rich as she makes it to be. So I'm thinking, is a million dollars her entire net worth? You know, I mean... Yeah, mm. Maybe, maybe. She also tells her that she will be perfectly beautiful uh, forever. However, she will have only 10 years in the spotlight. Then she must fake her death or disappearance. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that's cool. So you drain yeah. her of all her money, but only give her 10 years to get back on her feet? Mm. Good lord. Mm. Mm. Although I like she, how she dropped her hint that uh, Greta Garbo uh, was one of her clients because she said, uh, I want to be alone. <gasps> That's the one. And the other famous line from this is, "Now a warning." <laughs> As she goes, "I love yourself because you will be loved in the body forever." I'm like, mm. "Okay then." I love the fact. And then she go, "Take care of the body because she is going to be together for a very long time." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the fact how she takes the potion. And then takes a knife and stabs you with the knife, and then dips it in the potion, activating the potion. So I'm thinking. Is this black magic? Is this blood magic? I mean... It almost feels like she has to do that almost in some way to activate whatever's in the potion. Mm, mm. I mean, it's almost it's like giving the potion the data it needs to, you know, because mm. every, everybody's different, so it would react differently to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes me wonder here if that pink stuff isn't it's just normal... I don't know, war or what it is, and it doesn't activate until you dip blood into it, your DNA into it, therefore it activates and it's now perfectly working for you. Because she dips it in and then stabs you again and your hand goes young and like... Mm. Yeah, because she stabs you, dips it in it, and then she just hangs it over you so the drop heals your hand and mm-hmm. makes your hand young. Mm. Yeah, I've got down here... Mads is not convinced until Lisa stabs her in the hand and draws blood and then mixes it with the potion. And then she uh, drops the, the potion on the wound and instantly turns young. Mm-hmm. So that, that should a check just like that. And yeah. boom, she's young and beautiful again. 
just add a cheap portion. But like I says, if it's true what they say, what I found online, is that inside the portion is souls of virgin people, virgin maidens, aka women, then mm-hmm. how many people did she sacrifice a year in order to get this this magic potion? Good lord. Mm. And why the Egyptian stuff if she's not Cleopatra? I mean, yeah, and that goes back to where they were going to ha- make her Cleopatra, the Jew, and make her like a hundred and thing and, and older, and uh, they just dropped it. But mm. they, I think they just couldn't be bothered going back and taking out at least some of the Egyptian stuff. Yeah, yeah you know? true, true, true. Well, I mean, is it true that they have never found Cleopatra's grave anywhere? Yes, that's true. Hmm, interesting. Maybe she is good, partially. <laughs> Maybe. That's why they've never found her, because she lives in, um, what's this, Beverly Hills? Yes, Beverly Hills, yeah, yeah. In some castle on top of a hill that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, mm. meanwhile, Helen shows up to Ernest's house to flirt outrageously with him, though. I don't want to go and see the word sex, but I can see sexual, sexy, sexual. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> and then tries to talk him into killing at Mads with an mm. outrageous plan of drugging her, then pouring booze all over her car, and then pushing over a cliff as it explodes in battle. It just explodes impact. <laughs> it's like, is that how cars work? <laughs> I mean, I'm no expert, but mm, not really. I love the fact that the mortician and the flash and the sort of dream thing goes, she had a, what was it, a 0.38 alcohol? She was long dead, but begging for playing me as a ball smashes in her hand. It's like, oh, that's cold. <laughs> that's cold. Mm. Mm. I do love how, how sinister Goldie Horn is there, though, in that scene, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I've not seen very much of her work, but the stuff I've seen her in, she doesn't normally play anything sinister, so that was when I turn up for the books to see her do something, you mm. know, different. I don't know, she's a bit of a, a bitch in First Wife Club. Mm. So, I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, but the he Sinister for the sake of being evil, whereas in the end she was just, you know, sinister for the for the the feeling of almost feeling like self entitlement. Yeah, true. true. And then apart from that, the only other thing I've seen her in was the movie Overboard, where she oh right yeah falls off the boat and ends up with amnesia. Mm -hmm. And that she's she's always a complete bitch. So hmm. yeah, yeah, for the first ten minutes. Yeah, good point. Yeah, I mean, it's like, by the way, have you seen the remake of that with um, Madonna? No. Oh, it's terrible. It's like, oof, fuck that. <laughs> as much as I can help it, I stay away from remakes. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm the same, since I think it's a remake. Nope. I mean, yeah. a few selected movies out there that actually remakes that actually are better than original. Um, mm. That being The Fly. <laughs> the House of wow. Wax. Not the yeah, House of Wax, but the 50s House of Wax. You know? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And... That's about it. I've got my head. <laughs> I can't you think know. of any remake I've ever seen that was better than the original. I suppose the Mummy, the 90s Mummy, is better than the... What was it? The 50s Mummy? Yeah, I suppose. Or the 40s yeah. Mummy. The fuck that thing was it. So, hmm. Because mm. the yeah. effects lead it to, be, to feeling more... The effect from the 90s would suit the movie better. Mm-hmm. So they make it more semi believable yeah. for a fantasy movie. 
Yeah. And I suppose, arguably, every single Dracula movie is a remake. <laughs> so, mm, and every yeah, good point. <laughs> movie based on a book, like Frankenstein, is a remake. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Moving on. Anyway, um, where was I? Da, 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 da. So, so Madeline shows back up to the house just as Helen slinks out. So Madeline heads upstairs to change into a slutty outfit as Ernest was about to stop her from going out. He calls her a floozy and cheap her trigger words. So mm. she starts to trash talk and call him. What was that? A flaccid, flaccid thing. Um, I've, you're not a man. I can get more, uh, more joint of one of your sisters. Looks like I know I can get some hard action down below. You know. Yeah, she's a woman. At least I know I'll be getting something. Um, stiff. Yeah. And I, I spat my water all over my laptop. Oh my god! So he <laughs> finally snaps and quote, pushes her down the stairs. I love the mm. fact she falls for a good forty seconds, but there's over twenty-five steps. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> I, I love how she's teetering on the edge going, please help me. And he just puts out one little finger and just knocks her off. Yeah. Yeah. About how the hell did she balance on the top step? I'm like, how the fuck did you balance on that? Oh, who knows? So on her way down, she snaps her neck, breaks her wrist, and dislocates her hip, which is not mm. addressed. But if you watch when she collapses on the, the very bottom step, her hip is twisted and her leg is by her head. Yeah. So, and her neck's twisted around and her, her, her wrist is twisted, but it's not actually addressed what to your hip, so just drop that bit. Mm. So, mm. By the way, how in the fuck did she afford this huge house? I think it's he dropped, bought it. Yeah, it's here that she has no money left and she hasn't yeah. worked in years as he says, you have, we haven't earned money in years, your face will be more mo- is will be more money than, than forever. So I'm like, mm. okay then. And Ernest is a quote, undertaker to dead celebrities. It I'm must going, have been either between the two of them, they bought it at the start of the relationship or before she finally wore him down and he became a mortician. He mm. must have bought it. Yeah, because it's a ridiculously huge house. It must have what, about five bedrooms. That yeah, easily. a long staircase, the marble staircase. It's like, oof. Which I was looking at, and the um, slightly material, the slightly materialistic um, part of me was going, ooh, that's quite nice. Mm. And then I thought, no, fuck mopping them every day, forget yeah, it. Yeah, of course, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that she's got like a, a sort of pond in the middle of the house. I'm like, how the fuck is this? <laughs> just a pond, just a mm. lovely pond just lying there, and it's like, ooh, kidding. Yeah. Mm. So in shit, in shock, in shock, Ernest calls Helen for advice. Helen goes apeshit to him, calling him a fucking idiot, saying like, "What well, part of the plan you're the send me through it three times?" No, I'm like, oh god. So here, Mads comes back to life, stunning Ernest. I love that one. He's like, "You stay with me. Don't ever talk to me. Don't ever don't come near me. No, it's not. Don't contact me. No." As he's falling over the phone, like. Mm. I love how they builded up this adventure in that though as she as we hear all of her bone, apart from her wrist obviously, um mm. them all click and creep back into into place as she slowly sits up. I love that zipping. Mm. It, it makes it feel almost creepy. It, you've I 
when I saw that, I forget, I forgot that it was actually a comedy horror I was watching. Um, it, it just made it feel very macabre and creepy. And then he lets out the most girlish scream I've ever heard in my life. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, could you get any camper on that, my lord? Mm. Such a manly yeah. man, eh? Yeah. I mean, all the fact how uh, this is where Madeline has to walk backwards because her head's round the other way and she's kind of confused. Like, wait, wait, why am I not going that way? She's going this way. Um, again, um, Meryl Streep was taught to, to walk backwards, which I love that one. Wow. I mean, could you imagine that? Yeah. God, that must have been fun. I think, I think it was like six weeks it took her to learn how to walk backwards. So could you imagine that? I mean, I don't think I could do that in in my own house. And we all know, if we all we all walk in our house subconsciously avoiding furniture and things. But mm-hmm. could you imagine doing that backwards when you know where everything is in your house? Mm. You would, you would, you'd still think, no, I'm going to fall in a second. Yeah. Also, she had to deal with what was it? Three steps. Mm. So it must have been fun. It's like crystal. Inhale. Mm, and heals you, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I love the fact how her neck is twisted with like protrusions of the spine on her, mm. her neck. And like, that's disgusting, frankly. Yeah, that was, that was creepy. Yeah, and the, the line, Iris, I can see my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god, I love the fact how he's I like, love how Ernie can, can only look at her and he's going, Are you okay, honey? I'm mm. like, Does she look okay? Yeah, I was like, Oh god. I love the fact how he's freaked the fuck out and then seconds later he's perfectly fine with it. I'm like, No, but you'd be freaking the fuck out. She's <laughs> fucking heads facing the other way. She's no fucking Linda Blair. I mean, for right Yeah, I mean, come on, we all would have fainted in shock. Mm. So after Ernest tells Mads, it's a dislocated neck. She untwists it herself. That is so gross. Uh, that noise just made my blood run cold. I was like, Ugh. Yeah, that's so... I mean, even as a kid, I hated that scene. It's like, that is mm. so disgusting. So Ernest yeah. then rushes up to hospital, leaving the car in a valley park. I love that one. It's valley parking. <laughs> <laughs> At the hospital? I mean... Yeah, the hospital. I'm like, oh, that's so Los Angeles. I'm like, oh, God. Well, true, true. Uh, and spot Sidney Pollock as the ER doctor that dies from a heart attack once he looks at Mad's injuries. I love that one. He just goes, how the fuck? You know, know that stuff. Like she's got a dislocated <laughs> wrist and her neck's mm, fucked, and she has no heartbeat, and she's cold, and and uh, yeah, and just walks off and dies. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh well. Oh my god, I love the fact that... I love how he's trying to explain it to her, though, that doctor way, you know. Um, your mm. wrist is bl- broken in three places, you can feel no pain, you've got no temperature at all, you're no heartbeat, and she's just like, what does that mean? And he's thinking the knife way he's saying to her, you're dead. Yeah, exactly. This doesn't hurt. <laughs> this doesn't hurt. You're saying this, no, it doesn't hurt, because if you bend the wrist all the way back, it's like, that's disgusting. Yeah. That's so gross. Anyway, so mm. she faints... Ah, uh, she's taken to the morgue, and by the way, the three floating nuns down the hallway to the yeah. morgue. Now, there's rumours that these three floating nuns are the three faces of a woman, the maiden, the mother, and the crane, uh, the crone, rather, crane, the crone. Um, but there was a cutscene where a priest killed himself, so these nuns went down to ID him, but oh. it was cut out. I'm not sure because if you watch that scene with Bruce Willis goes into the morgue, 
none of the drawers are opened and the no. nuns are not in that room, so are they just spectres? Are yeah. they the maiden, the mother and the crone? Maybe they are. Maybe a bad editing. I guess mm. we'll never know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I love how when he, when Ernest is trying to find out where it, where they took her when they go back into her, uh, you know, the nurse said she's dead, we took her to the mod. Mog has only responded to that uh, the Mog, she'll be furious. Yeah, I'm like, oh, God. I love the fact that... Do you know how crazy you sound and not, Mm. you know, playing the whole cool, the whole track be cool thing going, yeah, thank, how cool. See ya, shall I? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the the fact when he's running into the hospital and I've had a doctor, as they're all working on the the gear doctor, it's collapsed. Mm. He walks into the waiting room as a guy with, like, busted knees and busted elbows. I'm like, what the fuck's a test injury is that? I mean... Yeah. that's so gross. I mean, mm. oh God. And did you spot um, Kurt Russell on the TV as the I camera did. pans? I'm like, oh, that's a deal Yeah. Deal. Not the only one that goes to Horns movie he pops up in. Yes, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So with that, Ernest then steals Madeline's body and rushes back home where Helen awaits outside and then follows him inside. As Ernest then speeds off to his job to get his tools of the trade to fix Madeline. And then Helen follows him inside the house. I'm like, why did she take so long to go up the fucking stairs then? If she mm. was in the house for hours. I mean. Yeah. Mm. What the hell was she doing? Oh, God, I don't know. Casing the place. I have no idea. Yeah. I love it. It just cuts to him spray painting healthy skin tone on Mad's body. He then paints healthy eye colour. I'm like, how the fuck do you paint healthy eye colour? And by the way, wouldn't she start to smell? Yeah. I mean, Although that, that went from aldehyde before that kind of, you can hold in the decay, the decay so it stops the odour for as long as possible. Mm. So in theory, they would have to keep the formaldehyde up every, you know, mm. couple of weeks, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. That's very, very true. I mean, the more I actually think about this movie, the whole they're undead, but wouldn't they start to, well, they look rot unless, well, I don't know, because the, 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 what's the end of the movie, you see there, Helen and Madeline, so it's like, uh, would they start rotting the flesh stuff to be moving on? I mean, I suppose if they didn't look after themselves, I think that's why they're told by Lisa, Lisa, Lisa yeah. um, to look after the body. Mm, I mm. think she means internally and externally, not just the colour and for things that break off and start to decay, but you mm. know, yeah. look at I mean, the smell. Actually, just putting this together right now, maybe that's why she needs Ernest to be on her staff because they're all these celebrities that are falling to pieces and she can't fix them. So maybe that's why she needed his skills so hmm. I mean they only took Erna to her because uh, Mad- Madeline and Helen wanted Erna to take mm. the potion so he'd be around to look after and fix them all the yeah. time yeah, they, did, they didn't really care about you know Liesl or any anyone else that you know that had taken a potion that they could have been like right I've got a master mortician that could mm. help her out although why would would Lisa give him the potion for free then if she doesn't see the upside in him becoming undead and immortal? So unless uh, you'd already figured that out and that was going to be 
her plan. I mean, because she made it sound like she's giving it to him for free because he basically, as a surgeon, he's done the same thing, mm-hmm. only that, that you know, legally, and they will eventually die. It's just a oh. look, you know, 50 years younger when they're a, when they're 100. Um, so, you know, she's trying to make it out like, well, you did this all your life, so I'll give you the same thing for free. Mm. Mm. I don't know, I mean, it just seems to me, if she's been doing this for, what, 50 odd years, she mm. must have had a surgeon on staff at one point in life, for crying yeah. out loud. I mean, she's got fucking Elvis, Marlon Monroe, uh, Andy Warhol, and, and James Dean and such. She, so, yeah. why not a doctor? I mean, a surgeon, an actual fucking but doctor. I mean, mm. you know, you know how we see her manslave about, mm-hmm. manservant about. What to say? One of them isn't a, isn't a doctor or a surgeon who she just has dressed like her normal staff, but yeah, as and when know. needed. Yeah, I, I think know. they're just chipping deals. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, she looked. She seemed a bit narcissistic that she kind of could have done that, but. Mm. Mm. Anyway, so hours later, uh, Helen comes over as Ernest meets her, and then the two spew out their their plan, how to plan to kill. Uh, Madeline. So Madeline mm. grabs a shotgun and blasts Helen in the stomach with the shotgun and it puts a hole in her stomach and this causes a massive fight between these two, which I'm mm. loving by the way. <laughs> I mean, I love the fact how she goes, do you know something? I don't like days when things go to shit and then all of a sudden you have this great opening moment and she goes, then the day goes to shit as Helen rises from the water as it's pouring out of the hole or something. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, oh God, it's... I cue the cat out from hell. As a girl's fight with shovels. I love this thing with the shovels. It's just... mm, good. I love how she throws her one and goes, on guard. <laughs> mm, on guard, bitch. Just like, oh. Yeah. So, uh... with Helen slapping Madeline's head down her neck, I love that one. I will ask people to you fix your neck. I'm trying. <laughs> I love about how she spent the next couple of minutes just holding her head up. <laughs> and I love the fight, the whole, you were only popular because you could spread your legs higher and wider than anybody else. You thought I was cheap and all that stuff. Admit it, you thought the yeah, album was trash. And she's like, uh, maybe. And then maybe, start- yeah. Pain? You don't know what I mean. What the feeling of pain? You saw my boyfriends from blah 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 to, to even Ernest, you bitch. And it's like, oh god, I will not speak to you. Don't fix your head. Sort of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I just love oh. the venom, the poison, and the bile that oozes from this cat fight. It's like, oh my god. Oh wow, it wasn't genius. Yeah. Yeah, although, mm. where did Helen get the money from to pay Eliza? Also, why did she pick her? She was a nobody. She wasn't even a successful writer. She was just a former mental patient fatty. And she gives her this potion for how much money? I mean, where did uh, the money come from? I have no idea why she got and how, in yeah, touch. And how did Helen know about this, Eliza? I'm going... Mm, there's a plot hole right there because she was mm-hmm. a, as I said, she was a former mental patient who got discharged just like that, and she was fat. As Mad- Madeline says, you're a former fatty, and I'm going. Okay, then she took her potion on October 1985, and I'm going. Uh-huh. 
But when you were arrested, it was snowing outside. So, uh. Yeah, I mean, the, they, they don't clear that up. Um, and it's not the only thing they don't clear up in this movie for me. Is yeah. Where did she get the money? How did she get in touch? And yeah. what makes her... Th- why would Lisa have decided, yeah, you're worth their taking it? Yeah, I was about to ask that one. It's dropped that Lisa only picks people that have special talents and are helpful to her. So why the fuck she picks this fat nut job from mm. fresh out of the, the clinic? Sort of thing. I'm like... Yeah. That makes no sense. I mean, it would, be, it would make sense if she was a, a successful writer. Uh-huh. But it's no, she's like, eh, no. So that always bugged me, even as a kid. It bugs me. I'm like, why did I pick her? Mm-hmm. I wish I knew. Yeah, yeah. So after the little tiff, they head upstairs to get Ernest to fix their bodies. And he does so, but refuses to help anymore. As he's finished, he's leaving their divorce because death to you, part. You're dead, dear. I'm going, oh, who are we? <laughs> also, what did he use to fix that shotgun wound and fix her neck? I mean, is she walking around with, like, I don't know, uh, sawdust and sticking about plastic and, and the flat stomach thing? I mean, how the fuck did he fix her stomach? Yeah. And how did he fix her neck? Is she walking around with like metal broads in her head? If so, how should she turn it and move on? Oh, I have no. I'm sort of just thinking too much about this movie, just go over the jokes sort of mm. thing. Um, so this did not come out, but he doesn't drink the Bloody Mary as he goes. Hey, I'm leaving, blah 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 blah, and he spills it. Actually, they hit him with a what was it? A a plant boy? They hit him with two. They both hit him with one. <laughs> One each side of the head, I will for crying out loud. Yeah, so he's knocked out and he goes to meet Lisa, who tries to get up to drink the potion. She's selling him hard on the sales pitch and it doesn't work. He asks, mm. then what what must we do? Hang around with Helen and Mad forever? Which is a good point because I'm going, how many people does this woman give this potion to? Then it cuts to the party, and there's fucking thousands of them. But it's supposed to be a secret society. I'm like, how's that a secret society? Yeah, again, if, it, if we're meant to believe what she said, after 10 years, these people need to disappear in one way or another. So, how are they going to survive? They won't have access to their money, their estates, yes. anything like that. Yeah, I'm so, going. I mean, yeah. I know they're dead, they don't actually need to eat or drink, but you know. Mm, supposed mm. to have it if once the break if you've been doing that a lifetime yeah that's very true that's very very true uh so lisa is holding a party which she holds every spring apparently as mm. her undead clients are all there and spot elvis Marilyn Monroe, andy warhol james dean just name a few and i'm mm. going really so this is your selected clientele i mean mm, God. yeah but anyway speaking of elvis his royalties all stack up, stack up, stack up, and it goes to Lisa Marie Presley. Mm-hmm. And oh fuck, what's the mother called? Priscilla Presley. Uh-huh. So where's the rest of the money go then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But wait, I mm. love the outfit that Lisa is wearing uh, as she's trying to sell the, the potion to, to Ernest, the whole drag queen collar thing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> And she yeah. steps out the swimming pool wearing, what was that, a scarf she was wearing with high heels? I'm like, how the fuck do you mm. swim with a scarf and high heels? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Good lord. God. And Spot, uh, what was his name? Was it Fabio? His name was as Tom, as in Tom, Dick and Harry. Yep, I've seen that. I was like, oh, God, that's dead. Mm-hmm. All right, she swims and I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I love that she just walks up to him and drops the towel and he's like, eh. <laughs> he's like, I'm not really in the mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so he goes, no, forget it. But by the way, another thing that wasn't picked up upon, she stabs him with that potion and dips his, his hand, goes all young. And the other hand's like aged, I'm going, so you went through your entire life with a young hand and a really old hand. Yeah. And nobody noticed, and I'm just got a beat of notice, like, oh my god, I've got proof, like, my hand's fucking 45 and the rest of my body's 80 odds. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bit there, I mean... Mm. Yeah, yeah, how could they explain that away? Oh, I have no But then again, by the way, his eulogy goes on at the funeral... They almost make it sound like everyone thought he was the crazy, lovable old man, so he was probably going around screaming, look, I had this magic potion dipped on my hand. Yeah, and it was, but he's, he's got and proof. And no one him. believed it. Oh, I have no idea. So but there is a syndrome, there is a, uh, an actual syndrome out there where you can have one hand different than the other. Yeah, that's very true, I suppose. Moving on. By the way, there's also a rumour online that apparently, even though he didn't actually drink the potion, because his blood had potion in it, then he is now immortal. So, okay then. No, I think I think you've got to consume the whole little vial no, for I it to be. No um, so Ernest then takes the potion and runs for it. As Lisa walks down the house, Ernest runs to the roof. Uh, but falls off straight into the pool below, and that must be what a 200 foot drop, 100 foot yeah. drop into How stained glass, and there's not a scratch on him. Mm. Yeah. How he um? How was he not not unconscious the minute he hit the pool? Yes, exactly. And spot mm. Jim Morrison, you cute. I mean, oh, fuck off. Yeah, I know. He then runs outside and steals James Dean's little bastard and speeds off. Mm. As Lisa tells Helen and Mads, get the potion back or else you are blacklisted forever. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's cold. Mm. And so, considering he dropped it um, and smashed it deliberately, then I take it they were blacklisted forever. Did he actually drop it and smash it? I know he puts it in his Yeah, he was going to drink it and then they were basically goading them from the the you know the top of the thing mm. saying you know drink it and then um is it helen let us let drink it we need you yeah and he's like yeah and he's like yeah fuck it i'm not i'm not being your slave for the rest of my life for the rest of eternity and he just mm-hmm. drops it to the ground and lets it mash yeah and i, I think it was mad up when he shouted drink it you need to you fucking we- or whatever else weakling or something he goes mm. oh fuck you bitch just drink and that was it. Yeah, you're on your own now. I was like, ooh, okay, then. So then it cuts to his funeral 37 years later in 2029. So he died at a ripe old age of 87 mm. with five kids and dozens of grandchildren and great-grandchildren. He also adopted dozens more children across the world. I'm like, wow, you're perfect. I mean, yeah. I love the fact how... The priest says we know nothing of him before he turned 50. I'm like, how? He has... He was doctor. 
a, yeah. a, a, a bloody um, plastic surgery for fucks. How the fuck do you know if they're out boom until he turned 50? It's utter nonsense. Mm. I know how how they wouldn't have known how he wouldn't have brought up at one point he was a a surgeon then mm. briefly a mortician. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean it's ridiculous. The priest also says the secret to eternal life is to have tons of friends and family. I'm like, oh god, who wrote that line? Mm. As Helen and Madeline laugh and walk out of the the church. Uh, and they look like shit, by the way, with like peeling skin and wonky eyebrows and over makeup. Yeah, yep. and odd coloured skin and as such. They just start another fight years later, they still each other's fucking throat. Mm. Helen loses her, what was it, a can of spray paint or something she loses and she falls. Mm-hmm. And Maddo just stands there and goes, fuck you, bitch, you just fall. So she's like, nope, yeah. yoink, and the two yeah. fall. And shattered. It's, the, it's the only kind of spray paint that is skin-toned coloured that they found. Mm. So she lost it and something had peeled in the in the church. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. The, was it the eyebrow, the eyelash or something fell off her eyebrow? Oh, yeah. I think an actual full eyebrow fell off. I was like, oh, God. Did you try to say to me in 37 years they didn't find any replacement paint apart from this cheap can of spray paint? What? that mm. Ernest bought years earlier so I'm like oh fuck off probably was, not they're probably just stuck to what they knew from him because let's face it they, could, they couldn't really do that asking mortician around what would be the best to cover it all up so they yeah. could do thought well this is what he used it must be good we will stick to this and only this mm. I don't know maybe they could have went to a library know. and wrote a book about how to I don't know mortician or something or go to Google yeah. I mean hmm Oh, who knows? Um, so the two of them then shatter into a million pieces and it just fades to black. I'm going, so the, the, the church empties out and you see these bodies just lying there. Nobody beats a fucking eye. Yeah, exactly. I love how the the uh, the sound of broken glass, uh, both of them hit the bottom of the stairs and smash into bits. And yeah. then I love how the very last words of the movie are Goldie Horn saying, at least tell me you know where you parked the car. Mm. I'm like, that's irrelevant. How the fuck are you going to get to the car? You didn't yeah. quite literally between you. You don't have a leg to stand on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're a headless well, just a head spinning around and around yeah. and around. Yeah, I mean, exactly. God. I, I love the fact how it's dropped earlier that Madeline's finger fell off and she mm-hmm. didn't reapply it. I'm like, how did you reapply it with fucking chewing gum? <laughs> how did you re- I mean, like, oh, I don't know. Masking tape, stuff, stuff mm-hmm. wonder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Duct tape, me like it. So, mm-hmm. that was Death Becomes Her. A sassy, funny, bitchy, mean-spirited comedy horror about being careful what you wish for, which you'll just get it, in the vain, shallow, selfish, narcissistic Los Angeles. I mean, like I say, this thing is, be careful what you wish for, because you'll get it. She's always looking for alternative youth and youth obsessed, and she's shagging 25-year-olds, and she's in her 40s, not 50s. Great performances by uh, Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, and Goldie Hawn. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking power trio. And I love the rating. It's so sharp and witty and acid dripping. However, the effects don't hold up. I mean, and there's a couple of plot holes here and there that aren't quite sealed. In fact, there's a few of them can drive a fucking bus through. Mm. But what do you see? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, everything about this for the time feels very original. I don't think there was anything else around at the time that could even match it, um, for, even from the effect to the dialogue. The acting is sensational. I mean, you wouldn't expect anything else from those three. Uh, almost like a life action cartoon with mm-hmm. the cartoon effect. I'd never laughed so much in a very long time. I don't think there was anything I didn't like about it. I mean, it felt almost self-aware and it felt like it was trying to ham up the comedy part. And for some part, it was getting it. And then for other part, it had, shall we say, just a little bit too much cheese uh, Mm. for me. But I love how macabre this is. It's just genius. Um, it's definitely a classic. It's just I'm 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 sad I hadn't watched it before now. Um, mm. so um and um I mean the effects like you said they they kind of lack something, but I think for this one I'm going to put that down to maybe we are just we are just used to higher quality effects, mm. and these were made in the 90s when I was three, so, you know, yeah, they weren't the so, that, you know, so, yeah, yeah. so they wouldn't look very convincing. Mm. Um, but, you know, like I said, I wish I had watched it sooner, though. Still a laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, the only thing that did age well in this was the, the effects. Mm. That's about it. I mean, the rest of this thing is still top-tier stuff. Yeah. So, Let's just score this one being dog shit and five being solid gold. I'm going to give this thing a very rare five out of five as my final review. So what do you give this thing? Yeah, I'm giving it five out of five too. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Now, thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at Two Geeks A Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Here's a Johnny's Pod, and you can follow Joe on Twitter at Two Geeks Joanne. Okay, we have a Facebook and Instagram page, Two Geeks Talk Movies. Now, I want to thank Joe for doing this for me for two plus years and fifty mm-hmm. podcasts. Now I will hand this over over to her. But I'll be back from time to time to do the odd movie. Uh, All I can say is good luck and (laughs) bye.